You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast, the podcast that I designed to help you save your marriage no matter where you are in the situation. If you're in a crisis and you're trying to work your way through, I'm going to talk today about some differences I see in those who actually manage to save their marriage and those who don't. So let me be clear. <laughs> I cannot promise you 100% success in saving your marriage. I can promise you the success rate of not working on your marriage. Well, it's about a success rate of 100% of ending your marriage, right? So what we're doing is trying to increase your odds of saving your relationship, of saving your marriage. So, you know, in many ways, it's kind of like if you're you're going to Vegas, wouldn't you rather have the slight edge on understanding? Or are you just going to go in and play luck? Or, or not play at all and expect that that somehow is going to win, right? I was talking to somebody the other day who said, you know, I'm really hoping to win the lottery. And I said, yeah, that'd be really cool. He said, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to play in order to win. That's a starting point. <laughs> and, and so now what are we going to do but change it from just dumb luck, right? I mean, if you're playing the lottery, you're, you might have your lucky numbers, but basically you're playing dumb luck. What we want to do is talk about how do you stack the odds more and more in your favor. So today I want to talk about five factors that I've seen that really um, help you understand where to spend your energy and where not to spend your energy. In other words, where's the payoff? Where are the places where you really want to focus in order to increase your odds? So let me be clear, increase your odds. It's never going to be 100%. And the reason is because of factor number one that we're going to talk about. Factor number one, make sure that it's not 100% guaranteed that you're saving your marriage. So first, let's talk about the background of this. When I'm looking at these factors, it pretty much cuts across wherever you are in your crisis. And I'll be honest, I have seen marriages saved that I myself, and I'm a pretty optimistic person about the process, that I myself have gone, wow, (laughs) I don't think that this is possible. And they saved their marriage. There are other times when I've seen marriages that I go, oh, this should be pretty easy. They'll they'll make it through this pretty, pretty well. And those marriages have ended. So let me just say, there is no such thing as a crystal ball that is somehow going to determine what happens. But there are some things you can do that will help you increase your odds. We're going to help you beat the house (laughs) if you want to stick with the gambling analogy, but really how to play the game better. This isn't a game of chance. This is a game of skill over which you don't hold all of the cards. So we can think about this more like poker rather than roulette or the lottery. Okay, How do you build the best hand you can? So let's talk about these factors and how they help you or how you can at least make sure they don't get in your way. The first one I want to talk about 
is the one that is kind of the the crapshoot of this, right? Just the luck of the cards that are dealt your way. And then you've got to figure out how you're going to play those cards. So the first one that determines, and, and by first, I don't mean the primary one, like top one, but just the one I want to talk about first. The first one is the spousal response to your efforts. Not where your spouse is in terms of their thoughts at the beginning of the process about whether they want to stay married or not, whether there's a chance to see anything different or not. It's how your spouse responds to your efforts. You see, I've seen plenty of times when a spouse is saying, there is nothing that can happen here that will change my mind, only to see their mind changed down the road. So I'm not worried about their initial outlook. What I am interested in is their response to your actions. What do they do with what you're doing to try to save your relationship? How do they allow, allow that to affect them? So the spousal response is, is one of the factors in this. Maybe you have a spouse who is so committed to getting divorced that there's nothing you can do. Maybe committed to an outside relationship that there's nothing you can do to break that, that they're so smitten with it. They're in so much of the uh, emotional um, infatuation and all the other pieces that with an affair, for instance, that they can't see clearly what's going on around them. Or maybe they have so much anger that they can't allow even a possibility of seeing something going forward. Now, let me be clear. I've seen plenty of people come out of affairs with a stronger marriage than they had before. I've seen plenty of people where they come in very angry only to have that transformed and understand the hurt that's behind that and go towards forgiving. So it's not where they are at the beginning, but how they continue to respond to your efforts along the way. That is number one, the first one, the first factor I want to talk about in terms of your success. And the reason I want to talk about it first is because there's one important thing about this particular factor. You have no control over it. This is the one factor that you don't have any power to determine. You can't force your spouse to have a different response than they have. Now, you can continue your efforts, right? And you can continue to to fine-tune your approach. But in reality... Their response is their response, and that's an important thing to realize because many times people try to control the spouse's response, leading to a worse outcome. This is not in your control. Now, what does that mean? It means you set it aside as something you're not going to spend a lot of time worrying about. Does it mean that their response is irrelevant? No. You want to use that as a feedback loop, but you can't get caught up in saying, you know, I've got to change that. That's going to change as you move forward. So the first thing which is out of your control is the spouse's response to your efforts. So let's move to the things that you have some capacity of of changing some capacity of understanding as a way of determining things and how they can maybe go differently. The first one I want to talk about is people who are successful manage their emotions. Now, let me restate that so you hear it. They manage their emotions. 
This is not about them controlling their emotions. It's not about them having no emotions. That's what I hear all the time. So you don't want me to have any emotions. You want me to just be flatline. You want me to be stoic. And I mean that in the small letter S, not the philosophy of stoicism, which is not at all about not having emotions, but about being flat, right? I'm just going to have no response at all to whatever they say. No, that's not what I mean at all. What I mean is that you manage yourself, that you manage your emotional responses. So can you be hurt and upset? Yes. Do you need to go on a tirade, right? Do you need to spin the relationship based on your emotional response? Do you need to uh, have arguments on an ongoing basis because you're feeling threatened and, and scared? That's what I mean. If you're not managing your emotions so that you're bringing your best self to it, you have less of a chance because every time you have an angry outburst, which you and I will know as hurt, but your spouse will not, and more often you have that, the more you're determining the fact that your spouse is going to feel like there's no chance here, that there's nothing that can happen that will help this. So the first factor that you can control is that you manage your emotions better and better. And that may mean that you need support, may mean that you need coaching or a therapist or somebody to talk to or to practice managing your emotions. It's one of the, the skills I think many times we move through life without really recognizing we didn't need to manage that. It's as if we feel like we have no emotions or we have an avalanche of emotions. And somewhere in between is the healthy place of figuring out how to manage your emotions. The second factor over which you can control is that you consistently lean in to the process of connecting. Consistently lean in. Now, I want you to notice how I phrase that, consistently and lean in, two different things. So one of the mistakes I see is that people push or force their way, trying to make the connection rather than inviting connection instead of leaning into the connection. In fact, my process is designed to help you figure out how to uh, build the connections by invitation without chasing, without invading space, without pushing, without forcing, without manipulation. And so that is the lean in part of this. Now notice I said consistently. Consistently means that you're not kind of burning yourself out, going all in, you know, like rocket fuel, and then, oops, out of rocket fuel and falling into gravity, right? That you are doing yourself the process in a consistent, managed way that you have planned on, that you have mapped out. What I see many times is people get scared at the beginning of a crisis and they just, in a flurry act of activity that is A, unsustainable, and B, a bit overwhelming to a spouse, they throw everything in and then they give up. Or they go really hard and then they forget to continue that. They get tired, they get hurt, they get upset, they get frustrated, they get lonely, they get angry, they get whatever. And then they don't continue following through. So their efforts are big push, then nothing. Big push, then nothing. And that feels very confusing to a spouse that is just wanting some connection in life. 
So consistently leaning in is another factor that I see as success. Those who are successful have consistently leaned in while they're managing their emotions and not getting caught up in their spouse's response because they can't control that. And that leads us to factor number four or the third one that you can control. And that is that they actually made the shifts necessary. They made the shifts. And there are a number of shifts that I talk about. One is that you're working on, you know, connecting in a way that makes sense to your spouse, maybe speaking their love language, but you're connecting, you're creating the connection. The second shift is that you look at the places where you recognize you need to grow, you need to change, you need to expand into a new place, and you make the shifts necessary to get there. And the third place is to see that your relationship needs to shift to being a we. We are in this together. We're a team. And part of what's behind making those shifts is your adaptability and your willingness to grow. Many times people will say, this is the way I am. That's just who I am. That's a fixed mindset. The fact is that you and I are changing every day of our lives, have changed consistently through our lives. We are constantly in a state of change. This is not who I am. Who I am is the person I choose to be and then practice that. That's adaptability. And the willingness to adapt to where you want to be, in other words, to figure out where it is you want to step into and adapt towards that is an important part of growth. So whenever somebody says, I can't do that, typically what they're telling me is their old self, how they've understood themselves up till now, couldn't do that. But what they're missing is their new self may have the new capacity of moving into that in a different way. So having made the shifts is a factor in success. Those who never make a shift, nothing changes. Their spouse says, well, I don't see any change here. Why do I want to try again when this has never uh, changed to a place I need it? So adaptability and willingness to grow is what allows people to make that shift. The last one I want to talk about is the people who are successful expected and accepted that there were going to be roadblocks, there are going to be difficulties and frustrations in this process. Those who didn't expected it to be a simple process. You flip a switch. These are dials I'm talking about. You know, you're dialing up connection and you're dialing down the hurt. You're dialing up your own uh, ways that you show up to the relationship and you're dialing down the behaviors that maybe you were doing that were counterproductive and not helpful or, or uh, helpful in any way for you or the relationship. The people who get into trouble are the ones who think it's either 180 sudden shift or a steady growth where it just keeps getting better and better. Those who succeed know that there are going to be times when things work and when things don't work so well, when a spouse is receptive and when a spouse pushes back, when it feels like you're not making progress and then suddenly there's progress. It's not a steady state straight up. It's like any place in life, anything in life that you're doing that matters, there are going to be peaks and valleys. You're going to step forward and backward. You're going to move left and right. You're going to have to re-navigate. In his book about habits of highly effective people, uh, Stephen Covey talks about the fact that whenever you're on a plane, the pilot has to continue 
to reset, to recalibrate where the plane is going because they've been blown a little off course, the wind's blowing a little bit harder this way. And so basically, as you're headed towards a goal, you're doing an approximation that would really look like a, a pattern that's going left and right and up and down and all around in order to make it to that final place. What matters is the destination. What matters is the place you land, not whether you have to reset to get somewhere. So if you're ex expecting that this process is going to be easy, it's going to be a simple process that's straightforward, that there's not going to be any pushback, that there's not going to be any roadblocks or difficulties or frustrations, when they come, you're likely to feel like giving up, that it's all lost, that there's nothing that can happen. If you don't expect that there's going to be difficulties, you don't know what to do when you hit a difficulty. If you expect that, though, when it happens, you go, oh, this is what he was talking about. This is what Lee was saying. We're going to have tougher times, and I'm going to continue moving forward anyway. It helps you to stay on course because you knew that the, the places you were blowing off course were expected, right? If you're a pilot and you're flying along and you see a bad front in front of you, right, the, the storm's in front of you, you may have to go around it. But that's expected because the storm is not an unusual thing. Or maybe there's turbulence and so you have to go higher, but that's expected because that's what happens. You know that things are going to come up. It's not a straight line to get there. There are going to be dips and valleys. There are going to be mountains. There are going to be tough points. There are going to be places where you go, oh, is this a dead end? And you have to back up and find a different way. Those who recognize that make it through those tough times because their orientation is towards the final spot. So those are the factors that I see. The, the first one, no, you can't control your spouse's response. So set that aside and focus on the four that you can of managing your emotions, of consistently leaning in, of actually making the shifts necessary in your life and expecting and accepting the difficult points that come in your way. If you need help creating an actual plan, because that's an important part of that consistent leaning in, if you need help with understanding even what all of this is about, why you got into trouble, and how to move forward, please check out my program, my Save the Marriage system, by going to savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. This is Lee Balcom wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com.